stinking, wet, soggy, muggy, but get her home. Hello, it's the Terry McHugh Show, and if you're wondering what this is, it's me talking to you for 25 minutes. I'm talking about stuff that maybe happens during the week that isn't material, but you might find interesting or mildly amusing. Um, there's the running joke, that's part of my marathon training, that I mentioned I'm doing a marathon. There is the news, where I do the news. I'm going to start doing sketches and stuff, but basically, it is a wee 20, 25 minutes of me talking to you. And I do it on my own because it means I don't have to schedule anybody, I don't have to listen to anybody, I don't have to put up with anybody, I don't have to send emails, I don't have to chase people, I can just plug in a microphone and go. Which would make you think that I would be doing this consistently every week, which is what I'm supposed to be doing. But there was no show last week. And there's no excuse. You know, I could go, oh, I was busy, I was working and I had shows to do. But there's no excuse. It's 20 minutes. Like, this isn't even scripted. It's not like I write a script for this. I just plug in and go. Um... So I apologise if you are one of the people that wanted to listen to this last week. That's all I can say. Uh, the other thing I'm going to say is, if you listen to this, and if you enjoy this, and if you like it, subscribe to it. Okay, there's a subscribe button somewhere on the thing you're listening to this on. If there's a follow button, click that as well. If there's an alert button, click that. Just click all of the buttons and then tell your mates about it. So, what's been happening? Uh, well, ooh, first things first, an update on the hunt for the shoe. I found the other shoe. Now, if you don't know what this is about, if you're new to all this, uh, in every delivery driver, I ordered some running shoes, okay? And then every driver came along and basically fed the running shoes to the dog. They left, they just dumped the parcel at the doorstep, dog at it, right? I came home, there was one shoe, which I took, cleaned up perfectly, complained, got my refund, and then I was like, oh my God, if I can find the second shoe, I've got free shoes. So there's a forest up the back of our house, dog runs up through there, I have been, basically painstakingly covering every square inch of that forest. It's like I'm looking for a missing child and I've got the dog with me and hoping that he would sniff out the shoe. And I was walking along and I found the shoe. It was there. It was just, and it was a section I'd already covered, but I swear, I'll go back over it again. It must have been covered by leaves or something and the leaves had blown off. And there was the shoe. Stanking. Wet. Soggy. Mucky. But got it home. Got it dried out, newspaper and all on it, put tea bags on the thing just in case there was any smells, took the smell, any smells out of it. Um, got a toothbrush, cleaned it all up, and I now have a pair of Puma Nitro Knit something or others, and I didn't pay for them, I got them for free. Which means I've now got two pairs of shoes because I bought another pair of Pumas. They're very, very comfortable, by the way, uh, and I will be running my marathon in them. So I got free shoes, and then, what do you hear, what do you hear, what do you hear? Uh, someone got me a jigsaw for Christmas and I come on, I would come home from Jake's tour every uh, every evening. Jake McCain, a uh, very, very good comedian. I opened for him on his tour, in case you're not, you didn't know. Uh, so I was coming home after every night of his tour and I would do a bit of the jigsaw. I'd sit and have a beer and I'd do a bit of the jigsaw and just, just chill, you know, just sort of come back down. Because that's the thing, when you've done a gig and it's been brilliant, you're buzzing and you come home and you're like, right, let's do something. You know, because... The, the rush of being on stage, you come off and it's like, all right, okay. And then you get in the car and you're right home and you get in the house and everyone's in bed and you're sitting in the house, you know, and you're like, you're like, you know, a couple of hours ago, I was a thousand people in the palm of my hand, just waiting on every word and then I'm sitting here on my own. And, and it is, it's like, come on, let's, come on, let's go. And, oh. 
So I came on and start doing bits of the jigsaw. And I finished it. I finished it the week before the tour ended. Um, and it was finished. And I left it on the island. I was sitting on the island. And I thought, oh, I'm going to glue that and frame it. So I got the jigsaw glue and I glued it and all the rest. And I had it sitting. And away I went. And what was I doing? I can't remember what I was doing. But next thing, Mrs. McHugh goes, oh, my God, Terry, something terrible's happened. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, one of the kids is something. Uh so I would run downstairs who it was, and there was my jigsaw lying in the middle of the floor. The dog had jumped up to the island, got a hold of it, pulled it off. Now, because I'd glued it, a lot of it had survived, but there was a lot of bits, so I, I gathered up all the bits, and, all, and I immediately noticed two bits that he chewed to pieces, so I thought to myself, right, there's going to be pieces missing, obviously. Uh, so I rebuilt it, and there was, there was seven pieces missing. I was like, oh, for heck. So I thought, well, I need my seven pieces. So I emailed the jigsaw company. And they get back to me and they said, oh, we're very sorry to hear that your dog ate your jigsaw. We don't do that one anymore, but sure, we'll send you a, free, a different one for free. Give us your address. So I give them the address and they're posting me another jigsaw to do. So I'm just going to start feeding stuff to Bruno because it seems to me when you feed Bruno, when Bruno eats things, I get free stuff. Although he, he ate, oh my God, I can't believe he done this. Uh, I was out in the bar watching the Celtic game you're on it. Uh, 7-1, by the way, for Celtic. Yes. Um, first time I've seen Celtic play decent. I don't know how long, but it was brilliant. Sitting having a few beers. The boy was there, off work, not, no shows this week. Just a week to chill. I thought, I'm, I'm drinking. I don't care if it's Wednesday night. I'm drinking. Uh, so we're watching the game, and the game finished and all the rest, and it was all dead on. We're playing, me and the boy were playing darts, and we still had the TV on for the aftermatch stuff. And next thing, bang, the projector went off, the electric went off, everything's gone. So I went into the house to see what was going on, because the house was in darkness. The dog had, so we have the TV in the kitchen, it's up on the wall, lead runs down the wall, in the plug hole, obviously. The dog, and it was on, the, the plug was on, the TV was on, the dog chewed through the cable, blew all the electrics in the house, but didn't blow himself up. Now, my mother used to used to say, oh, turn that computer, don't leave that computer on overnight or don't be playing that PlayStation overnight because it'll set the house on fire. It'll, you know, and this is the thing, this is what gets people electrical appliances, you know. People are like, turn that TV off and turn the computer off and, and oh, turn that off at the wall in case it sort of sets the house on fire or it blows up. That was one in our house. I could blow up. Like, what, what are you buying, your electrical equipment? Uh, so... The one thing that was never switched off, the one thing that no one ever switches off at the plug before they go to bed at night, is the fridge. Why does no one turn off the fridge at the wall? You know, is it, you know, is it going to blow up? No, apparently we can trust the fridge. Fridges don't blow up or go on fire, not at all. No, TVs, on the other hand, they're just sitting waiting for you to turn your back and then they're going to kill your entire family. But it turns out fridges, by the way, uh, I think I read somewhere that it's a quarter of all house fires are started by your fridge. Yeah. But, we were always told, turn the TV off in case it blows up, turn this off in case it blows up. My dog chewed through a live cable and he did not blow up. Honestly, the dog is chewing everything. I came home the night and he chewed the Fire Stick remote. Now every time he licks himself and Netflix skips intro. But it just, you, can't, you can't turn your back on him for one minute. Not one minute can you turn your back on that dog. I'm trying to think, like skirting boards and the porch gone. He has taken a door frame off. Uh, we do we drinks cabinet. He's chewed that to death. Nothing safe. He he. I mean, like I said before, the dog will chew your shoes 
while they're on your feet. You know, like, I mean, so him chewing Ron's shoes that had turned up at the front door was of no surprise. And do you know what? That's a perfect time to go into the running joke. Hello, it's the running joke. We're still on the treadmill because it's still cold and wet and runny and shitty outside. But I'm going to have to go out and... If I'm not doing a marathon inside, I'm going to have to go outside and train. Anyway, here is your running joke. It is sent in from Oshin. And he says, Why should you never iron a four-leaf clover? Because it's never a good idea to press your luck. Something that somebody should tell Celtic and their four-leaf clover. And that was the running joke. That was the running joke, ladies and gentlemen. And you can send your own running joke in to 07562 Uh That's the WhatsApp number for the show. You can send in jokes. You can send in voice notes of anything you want. That, that number is for anything you want to send to me. Uh, don't ring it, though. A couple of people have rang it. There's five missed calls on that phone. The phone gets switched on once a week. Um, so I was having to ring the numbers back and go, What? But I, I, do you know what, the, the way the world is now, I wouldn't be surprised with someone ringing you to go, you're shit. <laughs> but, so, what's been happening? Uh, I had a new experience this week. I went to a place for something to eat. Um, and again, you're going to go, Jesus, Terry, more consumer complaints. But I went up to Belfast on Tuesday there. Um, I had to go up and get a TV because... What, right, what happened was my son's TV, the teenager, the 16-year-old, if you'd been on GX Tour, which, by the way, GX Tour's ended there a couple weeks ago, and I just have to say massive thanks to everyone that laughed at me. Um, being the opener on a tour is one of the most difficult jobs in comedy because no one's there to see me. No one's there to see the opener. Notoriously, oh, people think openers are shit. It's just the way they work. And I've heard it. I've heard, I mean, I've done it. I would go to, before I was in comedy, I would go to gigs and they'd be like, will, will we go in or will we have another drink? And you, you would. You would go, we'll have another drink. Sure, it's just the opener. Uh, and the thing is, you know, you, you, I'm walking out, these people are just sat down. They're there. So the first five, ten minutes can sometimes be very, very difficult. Um, and actually, oh my God, we, we, when we done Oma, Mrs. McHugh was there with her sisters and they were having dinner and dinner was late coming and she said, she says, look, we have a show starting at 8 o'clock and the waiter was like, no, 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 Jake McCain's down on stage till 9 o'clock. It's just the opener on now. Sure, it'll be okay. And she was like, no, no, no bring him a dinner. And he went, no, sure, it's only the opener's going to be on. You're just going to miss the opener. And he said it three or four times. And fair play to Mrs. McHugh, she held, you know. But I was on the fourth time. She turned around and explained to him, you'd better stop saying that because uh, the opener's my husband and we're here to see him. Apparently the guy shot himself. So, um, the, no, the tour was burning. I, I, I loved it. I, I, it's so much fun. Uh, so thanks for thanks to Jake. Thanks to everyone who came in to see me instead of staying at the bar. Uh, thanks to Jake for closing the bar during my bit for a lot of it. Um and you know, when I go on that, I don't feel like I'm, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm an opener or the support actor, the warm up guy. It's, Jake makes me feel like I'm part of the show. You know, it's like I'm the first act. I'm not an opener. I'm the first act. Uh, and it, like he does, he, he, he basically says, hey, go out and have fun, do whatever. Uh, you know, I turn around and go, oh, can I have this walk on music? And he goes, yes, trust me. Openers don't get that on any other tour. Um, 
you know, and, and it was one that I, I got done 33 minutes. I'm only meant to do 30. And I was like, sorry, mate. And he says, do whatever, you know. And he, it's just, it's, it's just so chill and so relaxed and so much fun. And it's my favorite couple of months of the year. So thank you to Jacob Kane. Thank you to everyone who came. Um, it was brilliant. And we finished up in, we finished up in Derry. So we did. Uh, but I'll come to that actually. I'll come to what happened in Derry. So I'm saying about my son. So what happened was his TV broke down. Um. Because he's never of it, because he's just constantly playing PlayStation and the TV finally went, oh, that's, I've had enough. So the TV basically committed suicide. Uh, didn't blow up, you know, just gave up. Um, didn't set the house on fire, just died. So poor Michael didn't have a TV for a couple of weeks, so he had no PlayStation. And do you know what? He was more present, you know, he, like he actually hoovered and cleaned up and done stuff. He sat in the living room with us and watched the movie and all. So he was more present without the PlayStation, so there's a lot to be said. For a couple of weeks of it. And I'd say to him, I says, look, your auntie Sarah has a TV she's not using. I'll go up and get it over. Um, I should have just bought him a fucking TV, to be honest with you. But I said, I'll go up and get it over. Uh, so I went up on Tuesday, and the TV had gone from my sister's house to my mother and father's house. So I went up to get a TV. So I went up the road and went for went for a run, went for my long run. Because um, the way you're meant to do this marathon training thing, apparently, is you do... A long run, just a nice long sort of run. You do what they call a threshold run, apparently, where you run full pelt for whatever length of time. I ran uphill for half an hour the other day and you killed me. And then you just do another run, apparently. Uh, so I ran along Lockshaw. I basically started in Jordanstown, which is outside of Belfast. And I ran like, along, you run along Belfast Lock with the water and all, it's lovely. And I just kept running until I ran out of, I basically ran out of road. I basically done a forest gump. I got to the Dunkery Industrial State Harbour, ran out of road, and then turned around back again. 15, 15 kilometres, 10 miles, give or take. Lovely run. Do that. Well, we mother's house. Gets the TV. And then just up hanging around for it was my dad's birthday and stuff. And then I hit the road to pick up Erin. I thought I'll go pick up my student daughter and I'll take her for dinner and it'll be a lovely day. We'll go for dinner. So I said, we can go anywhere you want. Now in my head I was thinking pub grub and a paint. Uh, what do you want to go? She went, Nando's, let's go to Nando's. Now I've never been to Nando's because it's one of them places. It's you know, I I have seen I've seen Northern Irish comedians go cheeky Nando's like it's a punchline you know I'll talk take her for a cheeky Nando's it's like what what's a cheeky Nando's it's like Boozham Boozham's you know I've seen people use Boozham as a punchline it's like fuck off would you so I've never been to Nando's because like cheeky Nando's like fuck up but I want to go to Nando's and I fuck it we'll go to Nando's so then we went and again it's like so I was in I'm paying obviously so the I and I had to I had to download an app. I'm like, why am I downloading? It was I scanned that QR code. By the way, the, the that was the one of the things that massively benefited from the pandemic was the QR code. QR codes were virtually a dying technology, and then the pandemic came along. I was like, boom! Um, scan the QR code, and then you download an app. So I'm in this app, and the menu's in the app, and I'm looking at Aaron. I've got the app. And I'm like, well, what are you having? And she told me, and I took her order. I was sitting with my phone and took her order and put it into the, the app. And then I put my order into the app. And then I paid. And then I went up 
and got the cutlery and the napkins and the glasses and the sauces. Like the salt was already on the table and a wee egg, oh, that was so cute, but no salt was coming out of it, so, you know, so I had to pull the bottom of it and all. So I have taken the order, went and got the cutlery, brought the cutlery, brought the napkins, brought the sauces, brought the drinks. I've done all of this. And I'm, I, I'm standing there, because I went up to fill the drinks, and I'm standing there thinking to myself, I don't work for Nando's. But I have done the complete, I, the complete, Erin's complete waiter experience was me. And she didn't even tip me. You know what I mean? You're sitting there, I didn't get a tip. And, I'm, and it's just like, why am I doing this? And then you're, I'm paying you for the privilege of me working in your establishment. Fuck off. I just, the only human interaction was someone brought the food and basically went, there you go, and walked away. I done everything else and then had to pay them 40 quid for the privilege. And it's just, it's, it's, this, it's this whole, well, it's like, whoever came up with the idea is a genius. Whoever was sitting in, because they're all everywhere at it, as does at it. Tesco's obviously, you know, now Nando's is doing it. Uh, there's a yogurt place Aaron brought me two years ago where you have to do it all yourself. And some CEO of some company was sat there one time and I've got a really good idea. We're going to get rid of all the staff. And someone's went, no, you can't get rid of all the staff. No, we're going to get rid of all the staff. But who's going to do all the work? The customers. Like someone in that room should have went, you're a lunatic. But they didn't. And now look at it, you go to Asda, you're doing, you're doing all the work you do, the packing, the scanning, the paying, everything. The stuff that, used, that someone used to do. I went to Nando's, I was the waiter. You know, and, and, and you're doing the work. And the stuff, and this is the other thing, the stuff isn't cheaper. Well, I don't know about Nando's, I've never been there before. But like my stuff in Asda's not getting any cheaper, even though they're cutting the, the amount of staff they're using and getting me to do the job for them. But the thing with Nando's is though, the thing with Nando's is, they give you bottomless drinks. I had bottomless co- un- unlimited refills of a Coke and I went, that's where I'm going to make my money back. That's where Aaron actually turned around at me at one point and went, you're going to be full up before your dinner comes? And I replied to her, all right, mummy. So, okay, and no tip, no tip. Saying, so I don't know, and those dropped her up home. Uh, and she made a cake, she was told me she was making a cake and girl's a genius. Girl is a genius. She... She says, we don't have a mixing bowl. She says, but what we do is we just mix the cake in and we don't, and they don't have a cake tin. I says, what do we do? So you haven't got two of the main, like, tools required to make a cake? And she went, no, no, no. What we do is we mix, do the cake, we mix it all up in a saucepan. And then obviously that then doubles up as the baking tin and we just stick that in the oven. And I'm like, that is, that is, that is genius. And I told her, I says, you should patent that and package it up and call it a cake mixing tin bowl thing. And idiots would be bad because, well, not even idiots, because it's a really good idea. But the only thing I don't understand is when she puts it in the oven, how the plastic handle doesn't melt. Which apparently it doesn't. Um, and I, I don't, like, why does it, it's, I mean, is it melt-proof plastic or something? And I asked my friend about this and she was like, well, obviously. I was like, well, no. Like plastic melts, that's what plastic does. You can't make heat resistant plastic, or can you? Hang on, we'll, we'll Google this. 
Oh, I quite possibly just gave out my passcode on, although who's listening to this, let's be honest. Uh, melt proof plastic. Talk among yourselves there. Some of the most popular heat resistant plastic. Oh, right, there you go. These are all thermal plastics, which means they will melt or soften when heated, but will resolidify and regain their properties, provided they're not heated to the point of burning. Oh, well, that's polybenzimidazole has the highest heat and more resistant strength and mechanical properties to build the engineering thermal Yeah, but is that, is that what's on my saucepan? Like, because that sounds expensive. So I saw a Kimura, what do you call it, Kimura Anna dropped her home, drove back home to Yoma, and that's when they decided I was going to start my week off. So no more running, not going to eat healthy, it was just a proper week of eating crap. And doing podcasts. Um, so yeah, that look, that's it. That's that's the show. Oh no, it's not the show. That is not the show. Because we haven't done the news. Hello, this is the news. A new border dispute has broken out in Northern Ireland, and this time it's not the Irish Sea border. No, this time it's the border between South Belfast and West Belfast. Now, this all kicked off after a stripper group went to the Devonish complex. Now, apparently during the show, one of the strippers took a union flag and wrapped it round his little man, and then he took it off. And if you think Jim Allister was cross about the flag coming off the city hall, you want to have seen him when this guy took the flag off his pole. Uh, and the argument now is, is the Devonish in West Belfast or South Belfast? Now, come feel a time, the Devonish is most definitely West Belfast's finest. But now, all of a sudden, there's a bit of a controversy. Uh, the Westies are all going, nope, nothing to do with us. That was South Belfast. Them women getting slapped around the face with things they shouldn't have been getting slapped around the face with. They were South Belfast women. Nothing to do with us, lot. So there you go, controversial gig in West Belfast. And this time, it wasn't the word of tones, although it was still a bunch of lads with their banjos out. But the big news this week comes from Glasgow. Yes, there was disappointed children, there was rioting parents, and the police were called to Willie's Chocolate Experience. Yes, this was meant to be a Willy Wonka-themed day. Uh, the website said you could indulge in a chocolate fantasy like never before and capture the enchantment, although anyone that went to it, all they wanted to capture was the organisers. Uh, according to the website, you would dive into the whimsical of Willie's Chocolate Experience, a place where chocolate dreams become reality, Book your adventure now and embark on a journey filled with wondrous creations and enchanting surprises at every turn. Turns out the only surprise was it was an empty warehouse with a couple of oversized gummy bears and the kids were all given a wee cup of lemonade and one sweet. Now the journey, again according to the website, was supposed to start in the Enchanted Garden. Yes, your journey begins in an enchanted garden with giant sweets, vibrant blooms, mysterious looking sculptures and magical surprises that add an extra layer of wonder to your chocolatey experience. Navigate through peculiar but enchanted gardens collecting delicious beans of all colours, shapes and sizes. Who knows, perhaps you might be able to grow your very own enchanting garden. The organisers of this probably should have seen about planting their own enchanted garden before selling tickets to this thing. Because literally, apparently, people turned up and it was more or less nothing there. The photographs are on the internet, right? Now, this was so bad that people rang the police. Uh, now, I'm not too sure what they were ringing the police for, but uh, I did manage to get a recording of one of those calls, and here it is. Hello, police. Hello, right, I am at Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory in Glasgow, and it's crap. I'm sorry, you're where? 
I'm at Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, you know, listening in Glasgow, and it's crap. There's children screaming, there's parents rioting, and it's crap. I mean, he, he, Willy Wonka's here, right? and he's, he's claiming that he's got some Oompa Loompas with him, but they're all just six-foot-tall orange men. And I don't mean six-foot-tall orange men like what support Rangers. I mean fake Oompa Loompas. This is crap. You need to come here and arrest Willy Wonka immediately. Hello? Hello, are you there? Go and Google Willie's Chocolate Experience. Actually, don't Google Willie's Chocolate Experience because I am convinced that that is the name of a VHS tape that done the rounds when I was in secondary school. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the news. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the news. And that is the Terry McHugh Show. I promise I will become more consistent with this. If you like and subscribe, wherever your buttons and follows and all are, do that. Tell your mates and I will talk again next week. Thanks for listening. Right. I've got to fucking edit this crap.